Welcome back to the Mindful Athlete Podcast. Uh, tonight, we do have a guest with us, and I am going to let them introduce themselves with the first question of the night. So today's kind of like previous episodes where we have our 10 questions. If we hit them all, great. If we don't, life is what it is. It's all right. We're going to survive. So first quest- question of the night, if I met you in an elevator, how would you introduce yourself and what you do? My name is Adam Lesko. I have been a assistant high school football coach for about 11 years at a couple of different high schools. Uh, beyond that, I also have another full-time job in a corporate world. But beyond that, I've also worked uh, in different fields with teenagers in a school or even a church setting. So uh, I've had a lot of interactions with the youth and, and particularly uh, due to the coaching in not only football, but other roles in different uh, different athletes in different ways that way as well. So you not only have been um, high school, college coach, but also have worked with youth in other platforms of your life. Yes, yes. So I have worked with college co- students. Uh, probably the majority of my time been with high school, but I've also co- uh, worked with middle school and even younger just in my, my time around in athletics and the different arenas that I've been in. And I always like to be 100% transparent. So if you're listening to this, Adam is also my brother-in-law. <laughs> um, so, and I mean, this is just what happens when you first start a podcast, right? You like yeah. interview all of your family, all of your friends, and then who knows, maybe one day I'll have someone famous on here. But, mm-hmm. you know, for now it's really cool that um, I feel like most of our family is fairly athletic. And so yeah. like I've been really gifted with just being like – Hey, guess what you're doing this Thursday? <laughs> okay. Um, so that was our first question of the night. Pretty simple. And you guys are going to get to know Adam more as we go into these questions. And also keep in mind that you guys can make comments on the podcast. You guys can ask ask questions in the comments. Send me messages if you have specific questions for Adam. And who knows, he might be back on the show in the future. Um, second question of the night, what brought you to the world you are in today? And I'm not talking about COVID. That's, right. that's like No, a I... Uh... Talking about the world that you chose to be in. Right. No, I, uh, from a coaching standpoint, uh, what I what really got into it, I wasn't athletic as a kid, but then really fell in love with sports and being in sports and involved on a team. Really in high school, ran track, uh, played football, and just really enjoyed the team aspect. And then in college, uh, kind of hit my limit as far as an athlete and but still wanted to be involved in that arena. And so kind of explored the coaching avenues as it will, and uh, really fell in love with that. Just getting to interact with uh, the athletes, the kids I was involved with. There's the learning about the sport itself and learning how to be a better instructor and teacher of a skill or what it may be. Um, but just the interactions with the kids and with the, with the other coaches really is what has been for me, I think the biggest pull and, and the big biggest thing that has kept me in in it. Um, outside of that, a lot of my decisions have kind of been based around that. So jobs that I've chosen full time, uh, I has been a fact. Coaching has been a factor. Uh, it's mm. something that I do want to continue to do. I've enjoyed doing. I know that there might be come a day. I've always said this. There might be a day that I can't anymore. <laughs> but uh, for as long as I can I'd like to continue to do so and so try to really structure and have to be intentional about structuring my my 
my world and my, yeah. And, and both of those together. Um, doesn't mean that coaching sometimes has to take a back seat, um, or that I have to kind of really work coaching around my life, but uh, it's kind of worth doing. I was going to say, cause it's, it's one of like, you made a comment earlier about you got to college and you ran into the point where you're like, I'm done. Like, yes. I don't, I don't want to do this anymore. And I feel like there's a lot of athletes that actually run into that point. Mm-hmm. Like it's either their freshman year getting into college and they're like, this is way more than I bargained for, mm-hmm. or they get to their junior senior year and they're like, I'm done. Yeah. I was, my story was more of, I ended up at a college long story short, I ended up at a college that, that I was completely honest with myself. The athletic demands were higher than my athletic potential. Mm. Um, so I ended up at a division one college. Okay, okay. Wait a minute. When did that hit you? Oh, I knew that in high school. I oh, was okay. very honest with myself in high school. And I knew that I was not division one. I'm five, I was five foot six, 150 pounds soaking wet. So then did you walk on to the D one college? I did. Team? I walked okay. on. I, I wasn't, I was going to play in college at a smaller school sequence of events. My parent, my family moved and all that. So I couldn't end up going to that school. So I ended up essentially walking on to a division one program. It was very evident very quickly uh, <laughs> that I was not uh, really cut out for that. And, and it kind of just, I was suspicious of that anyway, I kind of knew that kind of going into it. I don't want to say that I doubted myself, but I, I think realistically, mm. I just kind of knew like looking around and on the team that the talent level surrounding me was much higher than my potential could reach mm. so kind of came to that realization i think i hung out on track for like one more year but even that i mean it was that was really evident too mm. um when you're competing against other d1 athletes. division one athletes and and the, the stereotypical division one athletes and you're just watching them run right by you you're um, like oh that was a kind of no so yeah i, I kind of <laughs> knew and, and but wasn't didn't want to still wanted to be involved in athletics and so i think yeah. that's kind of how I ended up volunteering on that same division one program football mm-hmm. program my senior year and that's kind of really what kind of put my foot in the door okay so i think that's something important to remind all high school athletes who are listening to this currently that just because you're not immediately recruited in high school does not mean you can't walk into a d1 school no you can walk on but i also think like, you need to be realistic i think you need to be honest with yourself too i think are you there just, for the love of the game or yeah, are you I mean, there you know, because you, you know, know you may be a Division One athlete, but every other kid that walks in a Division One yeah, Division One program is also a Division One athlete. athlete. <laughs> you know, and so you know, for every you know, currently you know, for every Trevor Lawrence at Clemson who's a quarterback there, who's been starting for four years, there's three kids who's been backing them up every year. Yeah, you know, there's and, and, and they're, they're, they're Division One athletes, but oh, I remember, yeah, when I was in high school, and I remember we were doing. Um, we were doing my recruiting days where mm-hmm. I would show up to college. And I remember I, we showed up to a college and I met the coach and I mean, it was coach blood and like, who wouldn't want to like be an athlete under someone who's coach blood. Like right. that's a, that's a really cool coach's name. And so I met him and I remember I walked into his office and I looked up at the board. There was this massive whiteboard up on, up on the thing. And I said like, and at that time it was 2011 was my graduating mm-hmm. year. And, um, I looked at the board and he had already had on the board 2015 that he was already looking at. And I was like, 
oh lord right. like and i started shaking a little bit and i was like i thought i was ahead of the game yeah i thought i was a junior doing like right. what i was supposed to do and he was already looking at like middle schoolers mm -hmm. who literally had their name their number and their photo on his wall right. and, and but don't get me wrong he was kind and cordial and he wanted to show mm -hmm. me school and he goes anybody's welcome to come on my team if they're willing to work right but which I mean, this is another, there's a balance. Like you're going to have, you can be an athlete who literally could get recruited in the last four months of your senior mm -hmm. year. That's rare. I've also seen that happen, right. but there's also the kids who've been, who have been getting recruited since they were 11. Oh yeah. And a lot like, of that is, I mean, a lot of that is genetics. I mean, if you're a late bloomer, mm -hmm. it's going to be harder for you to sometimes be found. Or if you don't, you know, there, there's just certain Part of recruiting is a game. Some oh, people yeah, play the totally game better is. than others, and people some have pe understanding of the game better played, than others. Yeah. And <laughs> you know, so I mean, it's a lot of it. It's so, so many moving parts in that in that world of recruiting for any sport. It's kind of hard to really pinpoint like we'll do this or do that. You know, it's it's, it's kind of yeah. You kind of have to take control of the process yourself, but then also, you know, you love the sport. You're willing to work at it. Doesn't matter. At some point, yeah. you're gonna you're gonna play, and you're gonna. I mean, it's, it's ball do, the ball doesn't lie. No, like <laughs> but, yeah, you know, that's that's well, that's is. one one of the things. Two weeks ago, we had a podcast. We were talking to Katie Seidel. Mm -hmm. She's a college coach, and she said the same thing. She goes, "Listen, you could be the next Wayne Gretzky if you're rude." She, and she she's a coach at a D one school. Right. She goes, "Listen, if you're rude to your parents." I have no need for you on my team right. because you're going to be rude to me. Mm -hmm. And I just thought that was kind of like an interesting thing because like everyone thinks like, well, if I'm good enough, I can get away with anything. Not true. Yeah, especially not in college because no. you, know, you get to like college. And this is, I think, sometimes a struggle with some high schools versus college. I mean, you know, the, the good high school coach will be able to have that no yeah. matter what and, and be able to put this high. A good coach is a good coach no matter yeah. what level but you're I, at. You know, but when you get to college, I mean, they, they can because – there's somebody else. Yeah. There's always somebody else who's right behind you or right in front of you and that can just take your spot or keep theirs. Well, like it, like I said, like they're already looking for five years right. past you. Yeah. I mean, it's once you know. you're, it's weird because when you're in the door, you're already being looked over. Yeah. Which is just weird to me. And yeah. it's, and that's not true for everyone. I should definitely preface mm -hmm. that, that like if you're headed to like a D2 or a D3 school, they're, well, they have, they yeah. have, I mean, don't go wrong. Some of them are definitely doing that 2015 mm -hmm. or, you know, that example that I gave. Yeah. But like if you're going to maybe a school just to go play the sport you love, I'm not saying in middle school you need to start getting no, recruited. No. <laughs> like, well, and I mean the truth is I mean the truth of the matter is, is it's not a personal thing, right? No. Coach, that's their job is to, yeah. is to continue to, to acquire talent and put talent on the field or the in the or on the court or in the arena or whatever the case may be. So that's I mean, that's their job. And if you think of college coaches as business owners yeah. they essentially own their own business mm -hmm. within a bigger business which is the college like right. they own their own program and so they great you're in the door now you got to hold your spot you're right like so that's, that's that takes work i mean it it's, does. Just, it's, it's willing to work so if you feel place where you love to do you're gonna be willing to put the work in and let's go from there yeah Okay, so I'm going to switch topics because sure. I, I know that I mean you you're going to probably come back on this show and we'll probably <laughs> continue talking because Adam has a huge history of athletics and coaching and he could definitely bring to light, I think a lot of the more may, maybe male aspects of mm -hmm. the athletic community than I could. Mm -hmm. Like I, I definitely have like the psychology background and and I know feminine sports mm -hmm. very well and I played a lot of I did not play a lot of dual 
sports, meaning men and women. Mm -hmm. I played a lot of specifically only women's sports. Right. So that's my background. However, Adam has played the dual, um, both male like and track. female. Yeah, track and mm -hmm. like football. And like you've played both sides of those worlds. Mm -hmm. So we should definitely come back and probably talk about that. I know there's probably more and more people who want to talk about that. Um, so question number three, we'll keep moving along. Ooh, what are you currently succeeding at in your life? Hmm. Succeeding at, I think, I mean, it depends what you, how you define success. You know I mean? If, um, but I think I've, I'm at a place right now what, what I'm succeeding at is I'm at a place that I enjoy coaching. I think this, I, I think we can trying to always get better at maintaining some sort of level of balance where I'm able to give to the, give my family what they need, but they also give, um, <laughs> you know, be, be a, be the coach that I want to be. I and if, so this is actually a great moment. I'm going to take this. If you hear noises in the background, um, Adam is also a dad and has some incredible munchkins who live with him <laughs> and his wife, of course. Um, but so just to, I mean, this is actually a really cool moment because I was kind of hoping this was going to happen because um, I just want to remind athletes out there that we have such diversified lives. So if you think that people who just come on this show only hold the titles that they tell you about, there are many more layers of mm -hmm. all the people who come on this show. So just keep that in mind yeah. that if you hear a little voice in the background, that's my nephews and my niece hopefully is asleep right <laughs> she now. Is asleep. She's, asleep. She's asleep. Okay. But um, I think, I think one way I'm trying to succeed is, is maintain that, that balance, um, which is, is a struggle, but also I think I, now being about 12 years in, I think now I finally feel like I've kind of gotten started to get more, I think, a reasonable amount of uh, what I'm looking for confidence in mm. what I'm doing. Okay. And, and I, and I say that not that I didn't have confidence before, but I think it's like more after about 12 years, I kind of feel more justified. Like, no, I, it's like an, I've been doing, I've been doing while. this for a while. Yeah. I know what I'm, I know, I, I know that I know what I'm talking about yeah. in certain instances. I it's, also now I'm aware that there's, I know that there's still way more to learn. Yeah. But I'm confident now after doing this because as a high school coach, I've held certain roles for a number of years. So out of the 12 years, I've run special teams for about 10 of them. Mm -hmm. So now after about 10 years, like, no, I, I do know what I'm talking about. And yeah. I have the confidence that, so like this year, my head coach and I got into a discussion about kick coverage, which don't know what that is. That's okay. But <laughs> we started talking about it and he goes, well, I'd like to do this. And I had the confidence to tell him, I go, well, I understand that. This is why I don't want to do it that way. Here's how I want to do it. And for him to look at me and go, okay. Like, yeah, you know what? I agree with you. Yeah, I agree with you. Go ahead. So being able to kind of have the confidence to be able to stand up and say, well, this is what I want to do and why and be able to answer those questions I think is something mm -hmm. that, that I'm, I'm kind of starting to hit the stride on. So it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because today I was, um, I try to take walks and read books and this morning was all about, um, the chapter I was on was all about how we don't become masters until we have to teach an apprentice 
how to do what we do. Mm -hmm. So it's interesting that like, and you said, this is a 12 year journey, like, and we are just getting to a point Mm -hmm. where we're starting to feel like, no, you need to trust what I'm saying. I know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And it's because you have now gone from athlete to coach. You're now in a position where you're like, I know this stuff. Mm -hmm. I've seen a hundred different athletes do it a hundred different ways this I think would be a good path. And who knows? And you also have, I feel like you have the confidence in yourself to say, mm, I was wrong. Let's try it. Well, and that, I think that's, that's part of it. I mean, when you get to this point, you have to be able to look at yourself and go, yeah, that, that didn't work. I, I, that was a mistake that failed. Yeah. You know, and, and I think as a, as a coach, there's a, you know, when you get started, it's important. And even as, as an athlete too, and you're getting started, I mean, there is a way to kind of like, you do have to portray a certain sen- a certain amount of confidence in mm. yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Sometimes it may be a little bit faked, but you have to kind of portray that because you got to. You have to. I mean, you got. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just yeah, you're going to have to hold your own while even while you're still learning. But to the, your very you know to your immediate self and to me people around you, be honest enough to say, yeah, I I'm confident in what I'm doing, mm-hmm. but I don't in any way claim. To be right. To know yeah. everything yet. No. And I could very well be wrong, you know. And, and so by now, after about 10, 12 years, the reason I have confidence is because I've been wrong at times, mm-hmm. learned from it, tried to get better. And now I've also gotten to a point where I've seen my adjustments and learning from those mistakes starting to pay off where now I'm seeing success in mm. those areas as well. So that's being really- able to kind of balance that and understand and start also being able to analyze when I'm looking at something going like, okay, this is what I want to do. And what are the possible, and starting to mm-hmm. see kind of the pitfalls of that. Yeah. I'm being generic on purpose because I could, because, I could get into football. Yeah. Exactly, but some people are going to be like, what the hell is he talking well, about? Well, who knows? We might have another episode where we talk more specifically right. about sports specifics. And like, cause Adam knows football like I know psychology, mm-hmm. like it is just innate and it is who we are. And that's just, we love those things mm-hmm. and we have sought them out in our lives yep. because they are valuable to us. Right. And we have, as you said before, we have made so many mistakes that now we feel so much more comfortable with our innate wisdom mm-hmm. because we have made so many mistakes. Right. And I think that's really important for anybody who's just learning to become a coach right now. You are going to make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Don't get wrong. There are big mistakes and there are, Right. I mean, you oopsie mistakes. You, you you work hard to avoid those, and you have to learn. Mm-hmm. And you learn from experienced coaches. You rely on their wisdom. That also comes from the innate "Who am I as a person?" Right. Walking into this room, mm-hmm. am I a good moral person who's learning a new skill, mm-hmm. or am I someone who needs to back up, rethink who I am as a person, and then be there for yeah. others? Because, yeah. I mean, you can. Yeah, because I mean, sometimes you learn things that you don't agree with, and. You know, you hear, and you can get you hear, swept hear up in it. And you just yeah. you say, okay, I don't agree with this. Do I agree with this? Do I not? You know, why would, you know, I've relied on the wisdom of other coaches to get myself to, you know, to now. And, and mm-hmm. I continue to, you know, people that have been doing it longer, if they say, hey, look at this, I, I will take a minute yeah. and pause and look at what they said. I may not agree with it. I mean, I'd actually use it now at this point too. But if I don't, it's because I've sat down, really examined it, and I have, and I come up with a reason. Yeah. A, yeah. a, a you know, reason why. I think it's important, and someone said this to me this past year, which is before you create an opinion you want to live by, read 10 different books on the subject or talk to 10 different Mm -hmm. people who know about that subject Mm -hmm. because you're going to get the far left, you're going to get the far right, you're going to get people in the middle. And I think it's a good way for you to create your own balance system Mm -hmm. Um, because it's true. When you're a young coach and you walk into places, you might not actually get a coach 
who's a great person. You know, yeah. that's not saying they're not a good person, but they're not. They just might not see things and do things as you might mm-hmm. have. And I, there's nothing, I mean, you know, hope to God there's nothing wrong with that. But just be aware that even people who've been in the game for 40 years aren't perfect. They're no. human. And I, you know, something that I've done um, in my personal life too, kind of on that note is, it's really hard to be, I've, I've kind of have this practice of it's my own personal discipline of my own personal beliefs and opinions. I try to have a conversation as if just by myself or just think through them through the mind of somebody else. So Mm. I don't believe this is my, this is a moral stance that I have. Well, the person that I may be talking with or disagree with may not have the same moral background that I have. Mm -hmm. So how can I just, how can I explain my moral to them without relying on the same background? Oh, so if you have a certain faith practice or whatnot, okay how would you talk to someone who doesn't and, and have a conversation, not a debate, but have a conversation with them and, and make your point about your stance or your belief without leaning on your religion because uh, they may not share that. And so already trying to find common ground. Mm-hmm. So, or like, okay. how can you logically think through it without a, coming from your own right. personal background? Mm-hmm. That's, and, and that's a really good life lesson. Doing right there. <laughs> that has helped me to strengthen my own like my own belief system. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because you're the, challenged. Right. You're like, and, how can and, I think and, about and this? And I'm challenging myself to say, yes. okay, I'm I'm gonna think through this without relying back and going, well, because this my religious scripture says so. Yeah. Or which, because my religion, you know, my you religious can't just leader say because says, it so. says so. Okay. Like, <laughs> well, what's another what's another angle? You know, and so that that's helped again to further like reinforce those in my own life. And so I, I think it's a practice that I've kind of also extended even. Oh, to family members as well. Family, like, but also yeah. like, but also other aspects of my life. Okay. How, what are the different angles that I can talk my way through this? Yeah. And, and yes. examine it. From, and I think that's, that's something actually that, so our question going back to the question was like, what do you think you do? Well, I think you do that extremely well because I've seen you in several different contexts of settings and yet be able to smoothly go in and out of conversation. Mm-hmm. Even if you don't a hundred percent understand what mm-hmm. they're talking about, you're very good. And I think that's important for anybody who's going into any new territory. You don't have to know what you're going into, but you do need to go in with like almost a philosophical mindset. Like what mm-hmm. can I learn from this? Yeah, You know, and that's hard when you're going into a place, maybe you don't want well, to, necessarily agree with or know mm-hmm. about and you're scared because that, that's going to happen when kids go from college to high school yeah. and high school to professional or one, high school to corporate i think one and engaging with people what i what i try to get away from is i look at it as a conversation and not a debate mm. and that's and that's in my full-time job that's in coach i mean no matter what especially if you're talking about ideas or um, thoughts that may be different, a conversation is usually a lot more productive. Then and also you don't, mm. you don't have to walk in and, and always prove yourself in a conversation. You can ask a question and the other person is just going to explain, okay, that's interesting. And then you can be done. You can just kind of walk away and nobody, nobody knows it just yeah. happened and you've learned something or you can say something and, and express something and hear it yourself and then think about it later and go, okay, that was, not fully formed or that mm-hmm. was and it allows you a little bit more wiggle room where if you just walk in trying to prove points and be right 
You're not well, gonna get if far. if you make a mistake, it's almost more devastating. <laughs> because you came in with like right. people are almost blazing. hoping you fail right. because you came in with an attitude. Yeah. So when I engage people, I try to how can I learn more and understand them better? Mm. You know, within this conversation. Okay. All right. So so, so then the flip of that question mm-hmm. then is like maybe and because you do, you do that so well. I almost want to know for someone who does that so well, what are you struggling with then? Currently, well, I, yeah, I mean to do, I mean to do that though is still. And we can talk about the same yeah. subject or a different subject, right? No, know? I mean I think to do that though, it, it's a you have to be it's a struggle to do that sometimes. Oh, it too, is because I mean such a struggle you know, to do it because you, you want to just be like shut up, yeah, like, right. Shut up, I mean right. I, I work, I run into people, and you're like you know you want to write an email or something, just mm-hmm. very terse and very like are you and moron but you can't do that <laughs> and so having to like bite your tongue a little bit or or um Hold but also i think back. i think too sometimes you know i struggle with you know i've been doing it from a coaching standpoint or in, in different realms like okay i'm in my mid-30s i've been doing certain things for so long but there's always people that have been doing it longer and have still have more wisdom yes and still have an understanding and so to, sometimes it's still a struggle sometimes to kind of like maintain humility while also so gaining like, your own hey I, I i do know what i'm talking about like i have that confidence but balancing that confidence and not letting that become an ego an ego exactly mm-hmm. and still mm-hmm. maintaining this there's still so much to learn there's still yeah. so much i haven't experienced i'm still gonna make mistakes and and i'm reminded of that from a coaching i'm reminded of that more probably in coaching other places because you know as a coach yeah i know i'm do- i know what i'm doing and i've faith and trust in what I'm doing, what I'm coaching and the schemes I've decided yeah. on and, and, and the techniques, I still go into games and I still get out coached mm-hmm. and I still go back and go, wow, they got me bad. Yeah. They got me bad. <laughs> All right. Hey, let's hit my hat to them on that one. Yeah. Or, you know, okay, I got to get better in this arena or that arena. And, and there's always things that I can continue to get better at. Right. And it's a constant reminder that not letting my ego get in the way of being my success. To those. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think a lot of people think like, oh, well, I have to have my ego to succeed. And I would bite back with being like, well, your ego is causing you not to succeed. Mm-hmm. So, and I, hold on, I'm going to stop us right there because that conversation is going to go for, we're definitely going to have another podcast <laughs> okay, on yeah. that one. Um, but so we literally only got through four questions. <laughs> right. <laughs> but I do want to ask one really important one, mm-hmm. which is, and this is um, something we're transitioning to because we've had a lot of requests from people who say, hey, do you only work with athletes? And and the truth is, no, we don't. But mm-hmm. athletes are definitely something we're passionate about. So mm-hmm. if you're an athlete in any context and you're developing in new worlds, like, please, like, listen, contact us, you know, ask us questions. But so we have about three and a half minutes. So two minute span to answer this question. I should have asked this earlier, but oh, well. If you could meet yourself at the lowest or toughest moment mm. you've ever had today with all that you've learned, what would you say to yourself? Mm. I mean, I think it's important as I look back. And I, I mean, I, I don't know what the lowest point of my life would be, if I'm, if I'm honest, but I know that there's different points where you're just looking and you go, how do you get there. through it? Yeah. And I think what what... Uh, has always been reinforced to me is you just have to just have to keep going keep going one take one more step take, mm. find the next step you can do to improve where you're at mm. so this might be you know uh, 
a, a some sort of uh, identity crisis, or this might be, you know, a financial hardship, or this might be a athletic Downfall. problem. It might yeah. be an injury. It might, whatever it may be. I mean, we've all had those all moments. of those moments hit you at different times and you, you have one or you have another, but in each time it's, you know what? The sun is still going to, one of the most unforgiving but most merciful thing is about time is that it keeps going. Mm, mm -hmm. You know, no, it doesn't stop for anybody. It doesn't wait no matter what you're feeling or how down you feel. So like, yeah, you just have to kind of use that and say, you know what? It, yeah, this stinks that I'm injured, that I'm yeah. not where I want to be professionally, financially, academically, athletically, but what's one step I can take? What's one thing I can do tomorrow? Mm. What's one thing I can, and then, then you finish that. Okay, what's one thing I can do tomorrow? What's one and just the next day start the next piling day. up those one things. Mm. And I think that's kind of I think where what I've learned most is that it's trying to like bottle things up and try to fix it all at one time isn't always the gonna isn't Work. always the way to do it. Yeah. It's it's doing little things and letting the little things pile up. So taking, you know, if you're if you're struggling to get into a habit of, well, I want to exercise every day. Okay, well, and I do this. I mean, I still struggle to do this too, but five minutes. Yeah. And do that five minutes. And all you got to do is just, you start, you just have to stack one day, you know, on each other. So one moment on each it's other. It's better to have a hundred small victories than one big one and mm -hmm. fall flat. Well, yeah, and I think about it too. If you do something for 10 minutes a day, for five days, six days, for one week, you've yeah. done it for an hour. Yeah. Rather than try to do it for an hour or, in one day. And that's get completely sometimes that seems overwhelming. Yeah. It seems overwhelming to do it that way. So being able to, to just space mm -hmm. it out that way. So we're definitely going to have to have a second episode because I want to talk more about what we're talking about. So, and if I want to talk about it, people who are part of our community are going to want to hear mm -hmm. about it. So we only have about 20 seconds left, but I want to remind anybody, if you have questions for Adam, you have questions for me, or you want to hear stuff of, that we talk about more, or you want us to be on the show and you want us to talk about different subjects, shoot us an email or a comment under the podcast. Um, we're so excited to have you guys here and we'll see you next time.